Welcome to Android Guys Hot Take, the podcast where we take on the one big topic of the day. My name's Matt Adams, and I'll be your host. With me today, we have Andrew Myrick, editor at Android Guys, and Scott Webster, editor-in-chief. Today, we're talking about the brand new HTC U12+. Plus. phone is officially announced today after many months of leaks. Scott, why don't you go ahead and take us through what we need to know about the phone? Okay, so uh, this is an interesting device. Uh, it's certainly keeps pace with what uh, you might expect out of a flagship device. Uh, HTC really kind of stepped things up a little bit uh, across the board on pretty much most fronts. Uh, so I'm not going to compare it to any other devices. I'll just actually give you some of the key specs. Uh, this has a six inch display. Uh, so you're going to get one of the biggest displays uh, that you can get in hand, uh, the 18 to 9 aspect ratio, uh, 2880 by 1440 resolution. So it's uh, 2K. Uh, it's going to be comfortable. Uh, you would assume that with uh, that form factor that it's going to sit in your hand pretty nicely. Uh, power is going to come from the Qualcomm Snapdragon 845. That processor comes in at 2.8 gigahertz. And that's uh, supported by six gigabytes of RAM, and an Adreno 630 GPU. Uh, as far as storage goes, you're going to have the option of either 64 gigabytes or 128 gigabytes. And, of course, HTC gives you the micro SD card slot, so you can add up to another 400 gigabytes of storage. Cameras are pretty interesting. Uh, you have a dual setup on the back. This gives you a 16-megapixel with phase detection, laser autofocus, optical image stabilization, all kinds of stuff, even uh, an optical zoom. You also have a uh, front-facing camera setup, dual 8-megapixel cameras. Uh, the aperture on the front is 2.0. Uh, around back, you have a 16-megapixel that gives you the 2.6, and the other one is a 1.8 dual-pixel so this is uh, pretty enhanced stuff. And if you're into taking photos, you're going to find that it does uh, give you a ton of options and control over your images. I think it actually has uh, 103 DxO mark score, I think I read. So for a dual camera setup, this is really high. Uh, really good stuff. On paper, it sounds like it's going to take some incredible photos. Uh, battery on this thing is 3,500 milliamp hours with Quick Charge 3. It runs Android 8.0 out of the box with an upgrade expected for Android P, which is something you would expect or hope uh, from any flagship. And then a uh, couple of other things. You've got uh, rear fingerprint sensor, IP68 rating. It's going to protect you against water and dust. Stereo speakers kind of punched up a little bit. And you've also got uh, Bluetooth 5.0, and you do not have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Uh, all right. right. Well, those are pretty impressive specs. Those, those seem pretty high end, but it's specs aren't the only thing that make a phone. Andrew, what have you seen that um, about this phone that? Uh, will make people want to buy it. What are the other little features that you're not going to find on the spec sheet? You can squeeze it. Ooh. Uh, it's got EdgeSense 2.0, which is a newer version of the feature that launched last year. 
uh, lets you squeeze the sides of it and activate Google Assistant. But with EdgeSense 2.0, um, there are actually three different actions that you can use, uh, either squeeze, double tap, and hold. And then you can supposedly customize these for different um, applications or just general actions. Um, and then you can also double tap the size to turn on one-handed mode or double tap to act as a back button because there's no uh, physical buttons on the front. And actually there's no physical buttons at all on the HCC U12 Plus. Instead, they're doing uh, what Apple did with, what Apple does with their home buttons on the eight and eight, iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, where you get a haptic feedback whenever you press the, the button for um, the volume and lock. Um, and there's also an always on display, which can be used all the time. Um, but it's going to end up eating up battery life because the U12 Plus uses a, LC, a Super LCD 6 display and not a Super AMOLED or AMOLED display. Um, or you can activate it just when it, uh, whenever you pick it up. I definitely think that more OEMs need to include an always-on display, and it's good to see uh, HCC jumping on board here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I definitely, also, definitely miss that when uh, a phone doesn't have it. Yeah. Uh, another cool thing that the U12 Plus is doing, and it seems more OEMs are jumping on board to some extent, is you can use either uh, Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant for your personal assistant needs, uh, depending upon which camp you sit in, or if you're like us and want everything installed on your phone to try and play with everything you want to. Um, but this is also the coolest thing for me, and it's really dumb, is the colors. Uh, the translucent blue is ama- looks amazing. They look I would fantastic. Love, I want to see it in person. I even like the flame red one that they that they launched today. Uh, I think that's absolutely awesome. HTC's been doing that for a couple of years, though. I mean, you look at the last couple phones that they've put out, and they have been the backs have been so cool looking. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So those those are cool things they make me want to take a look at it but you know i'm left with the question does this phone really matter um htc really hasn't been a player the last three four five years in the android flagship market do you guys think this phone actually matters this year man you know i feel like i've had this conversation so many times and looked at what htc is doing kind of uh you know, analytical, uh, trying to figure out where their head is, what they're doing, uh, where they're, what their approach is. And, you know, I, there's something in me that just keeps pulling for them and wanting them to do well. Uh, I mean, it may go all the way back to my days of having HTC before Android and the first, you know, the G1 and my first few Android phones were HTC. So there's some of that like brand affinity, uh, so for me, I want it to, I want it to matter. I, I, you know, you look at, you know, the stuff that I said spec wise at the beginning, that's all kind of, you know, it's bullet point stuff that, you know, you ask the common person what the phone has in it. They don't know. They generally don't care. But when you ask them what you can do with it, it starts to talk a little bit more towards what Andrew was, you know, going over those little, aha, this is really cool. This is a neat feature. This is, uh, you know, I can squeeze my phone to do that. Uh, you know, I've got the Pixel 2, and I was really 
the the squeeze for Google Assistant. At first, I was like, "This is redundant. I'm not going to use it." I open my phone. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tap the widget. I'm just going to say, "Okay, Google" or whatever. But I really come to use that squeeze, and if I can do some customization, man, that's even better. So that's the kind of stuff to me that you know, HTC sounds like they're really telling people here's some really cool wow factor stuff. I want it to matter, but I don't know if it's worth the extra price, you know, the extra cost for the average consumer. Andrew, what do you think? I mean, does it does it sound like? HTC has a potential hit on their hands with something like this? Um, no. And the most plain reason is pricing for the device. Yeah. Um, we're looking at $799 for the 64 gig version and $849 for the 128 And $50 for double the storage. When you look at it just black and white, that's not a bad deal just to bump up for 64 more gigs of storage. But if HTC really wanted to hit the market and hit it hard, I think it needed to come under or around 600 bucks. Yeah. And I think that this is just going to be, um, cause I'm with you when they released, what was it, the M seven with that all aluminum dis- design and mm-hmm. the curved back. I love that phone. That was a sexy phone. It was, it was amazing. And I always wanted HT ever since they started having problems I've wanted them to do something that makes me excited again. And the U12 Plus makes me excited again, except for the fact that it's $800. Right. Because they're fighting in a price range that they can't compete because people are going to still go to Samsung or, you know, and they, they, they just can't compete in that market. They need to do something else. You know, take a page out of OnePlus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah. OnePlus is killing it. And, HCC could take some notes. I think you're absolutely right. And and for two different reasons. The first is this isn't going to be in carrier stores. So Scott, what you were saying is, you know, people when they see it and they see the things that they can do with it, you know, they're going to want to buy this phone. Most people are not going to see this phone. Like 80 to 90% of phones in the United States are sold in carrier stores. Mm-hmm. And we've seen HTC. I think the last two years they've only been in like Sprint stores, and I don't know. I don't even think they're going to be in Sprint stores now. So no one's going to be exposed to this phone except for TV commercials. And wow. how how are people going to afford? Most regular people going to be able to afford this phone if they're not getting it on a payment plan through a carrier? It's just well, crazy. That's exactly the point. You know. It, let's just assume there is exposure and they do run these commercials and there's just, you know, now we've got Robert Downey Jr. Now we've got Gary Oldman. Now we have, you know, whatever ad campaign they want to run. If you get that exposure out there and you get people talking about it, then you tell them, Hey, you've got to go buy it direct and you're going to pay for it all up front. That sucks as a consumer. Uh, Now, granted, you're going to have financing options. Um, You know, if you, I believe go through HTC, you could sp- split it up, but um, that's the beauty of the carrier. You know, for years we saw the price go down on phones. We saw once Motorola came out with the, uh, I, I want to say the first X, where it kind of um, delivered a great value proposition, much cheaper, and from a brand that we recognized. So we saw the price go down 
T-Mobile kind of uh, exposed the cost of phones when they went without contract. They just said, hey, here's here's what the plans are. Uh, we're not going to sign a contract. You're not going to subsidize phones. So it kind of peeled the curtain back and said, here's what phones really cost. And that was a tough pill to swallow when it was like, whoa, these $200 phones are actually six, seven, $800? Like, yeah, they are. So when you have the ability to now, everybody gives you these phones and says, well, why not split it up over 18 months, 24 months? And then when you're looking at a difference between a $600 phone and they say, hey, you know what? For another five bucks a month, you know, why not go with this? You know, that's $120 more at the end of the day. So you go mm-hmm. from a 600 to a $720 phone like it's nothing. You're only paying $5 more a month. You don't get that luxury with HTC if you're not doing it through a carrier, if it's not tied to the same bill that your rate plan is on. That's, that is going to hurt them. In my opinion, that's the kind of stuff that they just really can't afford to not work with a carrier at this point. Um, you know, you talk, I about- really don't know anyone that's going to throw down almost a thousand dollars for a phone at once especially with a, a phone brand that has been struggling the last couple of years. And you don't even know if they're going to be around in two years to deliver software updates. Yeah. I, if you have, uh, you know, I don't have any insight into why they may not work with carriers or what the relationships are. Do they not have uh, the sway that they used to, you know, if you wanted to drop the price to $600 or to come in lower I don't know if that's feasible. I don't know if they just don't have that um, capability to stay profitable. I don't know if they can make it up over time with volume. Um, this is a completely different question. It's not even a hot take on this, but generally, uh, and I'll ask both of you, I'll start with Andrew. Would you be more content with less hardware with some of these same and you know extra features would you go with four gigs of ram and uh you know and last year's processor would you be willing to sacrifice that type of stuff in exchange for these cool features absolutely i mean i bought the g6 last year uh, and when it came out they didn't wait for the snapdragon 835 lg decided to launch with the snapdragon 821 which was 2016's flagship processor but it offered the two to one aspect ratio, a solid build and phenomenal camera performance. And I was okay with buying the phone new. So I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind if HTC did something similar like that, provided that they give me enough software features like the squeezable gestures or whatever you want to call them, the edge sense um, mm-hmm. to make it worth, to make it worth my while. And for much cheaper than an eight hundred dollar price price tag, right? Matt. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, in fact, the G six that Andrew was just talking about, we recently just reviewed it again, um, just a, about a year after it came out. And that phone still does great with a, a Snapdragon eight twenty one. We get so caught up with bigger numbers and newer processors and and you know, more RAM and more storage that we don't sit down and think, what are we actually doing on our phones and what kind of power do we actually need from them? Now, if you're going to walk into a store and say, I want to buy a phone that I'm going to be paying on for the next two years and 
I'm going to use just it for the next two years. I can understand buying the latest and greatest thing because you don't want an old, you know, go in and buy a year old phone. Now it's going to be three years old by the time you're done paying on it. But I think if HTC did something like what you're talking, Scott, where it has last year's processor or it has, you know, it drops down in RAM a little bit and it brings that price down, but it has those niche features that really sell to people that really make a difference in how people actually use their device. I think that's a great idea. Bring it down to 500 bucks, bring it down to 400 bucks and have those cool features and actually have a selling, uh, have something to sell your phone that nobody else on the market has. Yeah. Sell the experience. And yes, I, exactly. That's where, you know, there's, we're involved in it. You know, we're face first frontline, We've been part of this, you know, for over 10 years of just keeping up with phones. And it's always, well, what else is coming? Well, how does this stack up against that? And it's so easy to just look at bullet points and say, well, this is just like that. This is just, you know, this is the HTC equivalent of that phone. And there's going to be people that just, they're going to complain. They're going to say, well, why didn't they do this? Or this is, these specs suck for 2018. Why are we putting 2015 and 16's hardware in there? It's like, you're going to find that. But in my opinion, it's such a small segment really of who's out there. When you look at what people, yeah, what people are actually buying, they don't care. I there's so many people that I know personally that are buying galaxy S eights now because they're cheaper and they can do, they can get more for their money. They know that it's going to last just as long for them as an S nine, not that they can't, you know, justify or can't afford they just say oh it's a better deal they they buy on price and they're they're returning to the galaxy brand but it's uh to me it's the experience i i i would i don't know what it would take for them to do something like that if it's a, a huge gamble you know, like you know come out with a refreshed version of the htc 11 you know you gotta i, I don't know it's a whole other conversation, I think. Well, go, you, you mentioned galaxies and we brought them up a lot because Samsung's the leader in the space, but do you guys see a reason to buy this phone, the HTC U or the HTC, yeah, HTC 12 plus U 12 plus, whatever it is over, you know, the Samsung galaxy S nine pixel two XL LG G seven, or is it just kind of fading into the landscape of other Android phones out there? Looking at the bears, looking at the bare specs of it without considering price, I would pick up the U12 Plus over the G7. Um, like yeah, LG has the the dedicated Google Assistant button on the side, but EdgeSense 2.0 seems like more of a useful feature than just being able to press a button, mm-hmm. um, especially if you could customize those actions. But of course, with pricing. It's it's really tough to, to recommend it, even over the Pixel Two Pixel Two XL, which launched in October of last year. Uh, it's still tough to recommend over that. Scott, is this the best looking phone on the market right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, having not seen it in person, I can't say definitively, but I can tell you that the press renders and looking at HTC's website and some of the videos, it's really cool looking the last thing i want to do is put some kind of a case on this thing yeah but that's the first thing i want to do <laughs> as, a, as a practical person is protect that thing i mean 
translucent. Give me a break. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. The big question. Now, we know H- HTC has been in trouble the last couple years. In fact, I think we just ran a story a, a week or two ago about how bad the financial situation at HTC has been. Do you think this is HTC's last flagship? No. Why? Um, because I feel like I've been asked that question maybe six years running now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's always easy to count them out uh, or just say, you know, hey, let's all share the same headlines of they're bleeding and they're losing customers and their you know, revenues down. I don't see anything happening in the space directly that says they're in dire straits and they are out of it. This is a, let's just throw our, you know, this is our swan song device. I don't see anything like that. Um, you know, come back to me in six months after the phone's out and only 12 people have purchased it in the United States. That's a different conversation. Um, but to say yes or no, I don't think so. Um, Andrew. Yeah, I, I could see it. I mm. I don't want them to, but I I could see it. I know they're doing some blockchain phone later this year, but that's more of it's that's not more not of it is a very niche market, niche market. It's not going to um, affect anything. I think HEC is just about done um, for the most part. And I think the U12 Plus is kind of their last hurrah. They've thrown everything they could at the wall, seeing what could stick for the last few years, and I think this is it. Matt. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here if this doesn't work. Um, I don't think it's their last flagship, but I also see the writing on the wall, and they are either going to, if this doesn't work, they're either going to have to make a major change in what they're producing, or... They're going to have to drop their mobile division and just focus on stuff like the Vive Mm -hmm. because they are absolutely bleeding money. I wrote a story like two years ago that HTC stock was trading lower than the cash or the assets HTC had. So the company was, was technically worthless in the eyes of investors and it's gotten worse since then. So I don't know how you can keep going after something like that. So I'm, I'm a two to one in favor of this being the end of it. No, uh, no, I think I think they're gonna do just enough to get by. Okay, but if this isn't, if this phone doesn't do well, I do think it will be the end. But I think it'll do just well enough to keep them go to keep going. So, what do you guys think of the potential for a Pixel Three that's got some kind of translucent finish and some really cool? Squeeze edge sense type stuff. No, yeah. I don't think so. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't think they're going to do that. No, no, think because it's HTC's that that subdivision is gone from HTC. Yeah. Like it's owned by Google now, so there's no. As far as I know, unless I miss something, there's no connection anymore. Like the 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 transaction is done. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think I don't think Google's going to do that. It would be awesome if they did a pixel, a, a stock Google, stock Android phone with a translucent back mm-hmm. with that design. I would be all on, all would be all over that more than I already am on pixel phones, but I don't think that's going to happen. 
Yeah, I I agree that that division's gone, and I don't think that they that Google would do something that's that HTC. Um, yeah, derivative. Now I had a guy tell me, and we we didn't necessarily push the story because we couldn't get a second confirmation. But the biggest the big change in the Pixel lineup was going to be the Pixel Three. So, and this was before the Pixel Two came out, or it was even announced. So could it change? Yes. Will it be what HTC is doing right now? No, I don't think so. Here's my final question. Uh, Google comes to you with this exact configuration, exact same price. Is it any more appealing because it's Google? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I just don't trust... <laughs> I just don't trust trust HTC that they're going to update the phone for as long as Google would and you're not going to get the quick updates, you're not going to get, you know, the Android oh, uh Android P beta like you're not going to get any of that stuff and those are that's the biggest reason I own a Pixel, you know. Yeah. What Man. do you think, Scott? No, I, I would have to agree. It, you know, I I laugh but when you think about it, if it's the exact same price and I can choose between the two, I'm going to reach for the Google one, even though I know that it's you know nearly identical, but I'm going to go with the one that for the last couple of years has really started to uh, do what I want uh, in a smartphone company uh, and just in the experience and knowing that, uh, you know, as you mentioned, getting the, the software updates and being able to get into, um, you know, beta and just early look at stuff and just kind of be on the front of what Google envisions for Android. That's, you know, going to be why I grab for it. Yeah. Just give us a HTC U12 plus Google play edition and just make everybody happy. Just bring back the Google play edition to come to begin with. That's what I'm saying, man. That was the best. Interesting that this isn't even available. Like they didn't come out and say, Hey, this is the newest version or the next phone to be added to the Android P beta list. Like I know. I, I was kind of surprised by that, too, to be completely honest with you. I expected to hear that today. Because it's on 8.0, so it has trouble, which is supposedly how all these phones right. are getting the Android P beta. So especially a company that needs help like HTC, why would you not do that? Yeah. That's all why right. they need help. They don't yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Asked and answered. Yep. All right. That's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to Android Guys Hot Take. This is the podcast where we take on one big topic a day. Um, This this podcast only happens when big things happen like phone releases, but you can tune in a couple times a week to catch Android Guys in brief, our podcast that takes on the news of the day. Thanks for tuning in. For Android and Scott, I'm Matt. Have a good day.